And all God's people say it. Grab your Bible real quickly. Grab your Bible real quickly. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number 17. Matthew chapter number 17. We're going to look at the last couple verses of chapter 16 and go right into chapter 17. Because in order to know what the transfiguration was all about, you got to read the last two verses of chapter 16. How many of you are glad to be here? Amen. Now last week, last week was kind of, was kind of challenging. It was kind of convicting. It, it, it was kind of in your face. Say amen. It, it was kind of tough. I ain't going to lie. Uh, when, when God says you got to give everything up and, and, and I am first, I am priority, I am number one. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what I think. It doesn't matter what you want. It matters what I want. That's kind of tough for American people. Because what is American people? We don't like nobody telling us. And he just got through telling you what to do. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now we're going to, we're going to, this is real encouraging. I'm telling you, you're going to, you're going to love this. I don't know. uh, Some of y'all maybe have never heard of the transfiguration. Uh, Maybe you have heard of the transfiguration uh, and you didn't really know what it was all about or what it was for. Well, today you're going to learn. You're going to find out what it was all about. And it is very encouraging. How many of y'all need a little encouragement today? Amen. Well, let's do this. Let's go back. Let's go back to verse 27 of chapter 16. Uh, Verse 27 of chapter 16. If you're there, say amen. Amen. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. All right, let me read that again and then we'll go into verse chapter 17. For the Son of Man shall come in the, in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. After six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. And was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun. And his raiment was wide as the light. And behold, what what is that saying? He started glowing. Are y'all with me? And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful and thankful for your love and your mercy and your kindness and your, Lord, you've been so good to us. We, we, We don't even have the words to say. We don't even have the paper to write it all down. God, you've been so good. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you. And Lord, we've got a full house this morning and and we need you to speak to us. We need you to help us and encourage us. Uh, Lord, this world is full of bad news. This world is full of wickedness. This world is full of evil. Uh, This world is full of negativity. And Father, I pray right now that you'll fill us with your spirit. You'll fill us with positivity. You'll fill us with encouragement today. Lord, I pray that you'll lift up the fallen, heal the broken. Lord, encourage those that are weak. I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't, and don't let me forget anything I should. In Jesus' name we all pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
You may be seated. When I was a senior in high school, when I was a senior in high school, uh, we had a, a, a senior day where uh, uh, they took us uh, uh, out, you know, and, and they took us to the movies. They let us go watch a movie and then uh, out to eat and then to the park and just, just goofy stuff, you know. Uh, but in, in that, when, when we went to the movies, uh, uh, we, this, we, uh, we went in and, and several of my friends, uh, we were sitting there and this, this, this movie theater was packed. And it was one that had a bunch of different movies playing at the same time, a bunch of different uh, movie theaters are, are in, in this place. And, and, uh, and, and we were sitting there. And, and how many of y'all, how many of y'all have been to the movies before? How many of y'all have been to the movies before? Okay. How many of y'all have seen, they play previews of other movies while you watching that one because they want you to come back again. Yeah. Are y'all with me? Yeah. And they'll show previews of other movies that's going to be playing. And, and so, uh, we were sitting there in, in a preview of the movie Silence of the Lambs. How many of y'all remember that? Dear God in heaven. We're sitting there. We're sitting there. And, and, and man, that preview's playing and my eyes are getting bigger and bigger. And I'm telling you, God is my witness. This is exactly what happened. At the very end of that preview, the movie theater emptied. They all ran out of that one and went to where it was playing. Yes. And if, just in case you're wondering, I stayed put. I didn't want to see no cannibals. Say amen. I'm talking about it, they were just they were just buzzing over that preview. And as soon as they seen that preview, they had to go see the movie. I'm talking about it emptied in about five seconds. Just people jump up, running out of the room to go see that movie. What happened? They showed them a little bit of what was to come. And because of what they saw, they were excited to go see what the preview was all about. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now you say, what does that got to do with today? Now you've got to understand, most of y'all, you know, we've been going through Matthew and we've been going through the life of Christ and his preaching and his teaching and he's walking with his disciples. He's training them, discipling them, been talking about a kingdom all this time. He would have, he would have restored the, the nation of Israel. He would have restored the kingdom. He would have sat on the throne if they would have received him, but he came into his own and his own received him not. They didn't believe he was who he said he was. So they rejected him. And so now Jesus is turning from talking about a kingdom. And last week we heard the word church. Are y'all with me? So now he's talking about a church before he's talking about being the king before he's talking about being the Messiah before he's talking about being the one who was promised to come. He said the kingdom of God is at hand, but now he's talking about a church. Now he's talking about suffering. Now he's talking about dying. And I mean, it it has gotten bad for the disciples. News has gotten grim. Now he's talking about suffering. Now he's talking about failing and suffering and dying at the hands of the Pharisees. And, and, he's, and, and not only is their hero going to die, not only is their Messiah going to die, but he said, now you're going to have to suffer. You're going to have to die to yourself. You're going, unless a man deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. Now, I don't know about y'all, but when they heard that, that was bad news. In John, in John uh, chapter 13 is when he told them that. John 14 is where he said, let not your heart be troubled. Now, if God tells you not to be troubled, guess what you are? Are y'all with me? 
So when they heard that, it bothered them. So when they heard that, it troubled them. When they heard that, it worried them. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, Jesus knows all these things. Jesus is well aware of this situation. He's well aware of their feelings about the matter. He's well aware of what's going on. So right after he tell, I mean, you got to look at this. Look at it. It's right here in the chapter. He goes right into deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Right. And then he goes into, hey, but the son of man is going to come in glory. Are y'all with me? He's going to come in glory, the glory of his father. Not only that, not only that, there's going to be some of y'all that's going to get to see it. Now, at face value, this is why the Bible says study. Say that word with me. Study to show thyself approved. Don't speed read. Don't skim through it. Because if you just take it at face value, just at that verse and don't put anything else with it, it seems like some of them are going to be living at the time of Jesus' return. Wouldn't it sound like that? That's what he says. But if you go ahead and read chapter 17, you understand what he meant in chapter 16. In other words, there's not going to be a disciple live all the way to the second coming of Christ after the tribulation period. They've all died. So we know that's not what he was talking about. What he was saying is this. I tell you what, boys, I'm coming in glory. I'm coming in glory. And I listen, there's going to be some of y'all is going to get to see it before it happens. In other words, some of (laughs) y'all. Yes, glory. I know where I'm going today. Amen. He said, some of y'all, there's going to be some here that's going to get to be able to see a preview of what's to come. Do you understand that just as in that movie theater, there were people there that wanted to entice and wanted to encourage and wanted to motivate people to go and watch this movie or take part in what they were going to show. The the transfiguration is the preview of what's to come. It is a preview that is given to these few disciples to let them know and entice them and encourage them and motivate them because even though you have heard some bad news, even though what you just got through hearing is discouraging, oh, there is, that's nothing for what's to come. And all God's people say it. Now, let's get to it. How about it? What happens? He takes them to a mountain. They're up there. And all of a sudden, and by the way, if you take all the gospels and put them all together, you'll find out that he's praying and they're sleeping. they're, They're human. I mean, they're frail. They fall asleep on Jesus all the time. And so here they are sleeping. And about the time they wake up, they see Jesus is glowing. Jesus is glowing. Now, that's not shocking to us. But imagine if it was you and all you all you seen of Jesus up until that point was his humanity. All you seen was Jesus in his humanity. Jesus getting hungry. Jesus getting thirsty. Jesus getting weary with his journey. All you seen was the humanness of Jesus. Yeah, you saw the miracles. Yeah, you saw the miracles. You saw what he did. But as what he was, he was all human to them. Even though they knew he was God, 
They had not seen him as God, the essence of God. Now all of a sudden, he's glowing. Now all of a sudden, he's shining like the brightness of the sun. All of us, oh, somebody say amen. And not only that, not only that, he's got company. He's got Moses and Elijah. Now think about this. I don't think, this is, this is real encouraging. This is real encouraging. This will teach you something about the afterlife. This will teach you something about the afterlife. I don't think Jesus said, uh, boys, I want to introduce you to Moses and Elijah. That, ain't, that is not what happened. When they saw him, they knew exactly who it was. The Bible says that we will be known as we are known. In other words, nobody's going to have to introduce you to David when you get there. You're going to know him. You're going to know Samuel. You're going to, oh, yeah, you're going to know Elijah. You're going to know Moses. Listen, we're going to be, hey, say amen. They said, man, that's Moses and that's Elijah. Lord, have mercy. And David, or excuse me, Peter, he, he, so, he, I, I love, I love him. I love him because I'm so much like him. He just, sometimes he just don't know what to say. So he just puts his foot in his mouth, slammed to the kneecap. He just gets all jacked up and excited and says, hey, let's build a tabernacle for Jesus and, and, and Elijah and Moses. And God says, hey, just listen to him. Anyway, that's a whole different sermon. So let's just get to what we are because this is really supposed to be a, 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 a short sermon. I didn't even put no subs to the point, but you can't help it. This is exciting. It's a preview of what's to come. How many of y'all want to want to see a little preview of what's to come this morning? I want you to look now. Number one, number one, let's look at the, let's look at the verse here. The Bible says, the Bible says in verse number one, and after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, the, 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 the three amigos, the inner circle, the closest ones to Jesus. They take him and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. Now, here's what I want you to write down. He is showing that, you remember, you remember, this is a preview of what's to come. Say it with me now. This is a preview of. So what does he show them? First thing I want you to see and write down, we see a preview of his arrival. We see a preview of his arrival. Now, I, I want you to, I want you to see this. Where did he take him? To a what? A mountain. Do y'all understand that the Bible says that he's coming back to a mountain? Now, now, let me, let, me, let me go through a little timeline real quickly. For, for those of you who are not familiar with this, let me go through a timeline. All right, this is the timeline of, of the church, okay? We are living in the church age. In, 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 in just a little while, I don't think it's going to be very long. Brother Samuel, I'm telling you, I don't think it's going to be very long. The Bible says the trumpet's going to sound. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, caught up to be with him in the clouds. Now, there are some people that don't believe in the rapture, but that's okay. You're going to go anyway. Jesus is coming. He's coming twice. He's coming for his church first. We're going to be caught up. Now, here's the thing. They say, well, I don't believe in the rapture. Well, what is that verse talking about then? Okay, Jesus is not going to catch us up and then bring us down. What's the point? Are y'all with me? 
So before the seven year tribulation period, the, tri- the, the rapture is going to take place. The church is going home. And we're going to be with Jesus for seven years. At the end of the seven years, he's going to return to this earth. All right. He's going to return bodily, physically all the way to this planet. And he's going to rule on this earth as king of kings and Lord of lords for a thousand years. The millennial reign of Christ. Are y'all with me? This verse is referring to that. This is what he's talking about when he says the son of man is going to come in his kingdom. The rapture is not the kingdom. When he comes and, and, and stands upon this earth, he will begin to rule and his kingdom will rule the entire earth from the capital Jerusalem. Are y'all with me? Say amen. That is what he's talking about. He's talking about the second coming of Christ to this earth to rule and reign. Is everybody on the same page? Say amen. Zechariah 14. If you have your notes right in front of you, look at your notes. Zechariah 14. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. The day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off, uh, shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord what? Go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. Watch this now. Watch this. Verse 4. And his shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley and half of the mountain shall remove to the north and half of it toward the south. So what does that say? When he comes, he's going to come to the Mount of Olives. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now watch this. Acts 1, 9. Acts 1, 9. That's Old Testament. This is New Testament. Acts 1, 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by him in white apparel. So this is the ascension of Christ, right? Then it says this, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Are y'all with me? In other words, he's going to come back just like you saw him go. Now, where were they at? Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. He's coming to the Mount of Olives. He's coming to the Mount of Olives. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The the Bible says in one of the Gospels, they took them as far as Bethany. Bethany's on the backside of the Mount of Olives. When he ascended up into heaven, he ascended up from the Mount of Olives. When he comes back, he's coming back to the Mount of Olives. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. So taking them up to a mountain, he's showing them a preview of his arrival. Do you realize that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come in human bodily form? He's going to come physically back to this planet and land on the Mount of Olives to come and rule and reign forever. Somebody give God praise and glory right there. He's coming again. Listen, as you stand on the Mount of Olives, the Kidron Valley is right in front of you. It'd be like this. I'm standing on the Mount of Olives. This is the Kidron Valley. And over there, over there is the city of Jerusalem. Over there is the city of Jerusalem. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. This is is a very important place. On this side, from the Mount of Olives, you can look across and see the eastern gate. 
the Bible says that the Messiah will go through the eastern gate. Isn't it an amazing thing that the, that the Muslims, the Muslims have concreted and blocked up the eastern gate? Because they know, they know the prophecy of a Jewish Messiah, a Jewish rabbi. Not only have they concreted and blocked it up, but they put an uh, Islamic uh, graveyard in front of it. Because that would make it, that would make it unclean for a rabbi, Jewish rabbi to go through there. But what they don't realize that whatever God touches, he sanctifies it. And there, hey, hey, there ain't a graveyard. There, there ain't a blocked up gate that's going to keep the Messiah from coming. There's not going to, listen, he's coming to this earth to rule and to reign. Yes, sir. Boy, I got God bumps on me. A hog could bite right now. He's coming. I don't care what the skeptics say. I don't care what the critics say. I don't care what the atheists say. He's coming and he's ruling and he will reign. Amen. So I know you're discouraged, but boys, there's good days to come. I may be leaving, but I'm coming again. Amen. Yeah, glory. We got to hurry. All right. Now, watch this. Secondly, secondly, I want you to see this. Look what it says in verse number two. When they were in that mountain, the Bible says, and he was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun. And his raiment was white as light. Now, let me help you with something. Let me help you with something. The word transfigured here, the word transfigured is, is the word metamorphio, where we get our word metamorphosis. All right, metamorphosis. How, how many of y'all actually paid attention in science class? Now, when you think of the word metamorphosis, what, 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 what do you think about? A caterpillar. I know the butterfly, but y'all are getting ahead of yourself. You, you are not a butterfly first. You are a. But do you know the butterfly is inside of the caterpillar the whole time? Yes, sir. The whole time. The whole time there is a butterfly on the inside of the caterpillar. And the caterpillar ain't much to look at. The caterpillar ain't, ain't beautiful at all. It's not. It has no reputation. It's not appealing. It's not, it's not attractive at all. Matter of fact, it's kind of ugly. But on the inside. Woo! Waiting to show itself on the outside. Metamorphosis means a changing. A transforming from the inside out. Are y'all with me? And you see, there's something on the inside that they could not see till the transfiguration. Do you realize that his human flesh was holding in the deity, the glory, the God essence of who Jesus was? He never, oh, hallelujah, he never ceased to be God, but you couldn't see it because of the humanity. But in a moment of time, all of a sudden, these disciples wake up and they look at Jesus and what is on the inside starts showing on the outside. Somebody, yeah. 
Yeah, they'd never seen nothing like that. All of a sudden, he's glowing like the brightness of the sun. And they can not only see his humanity, but they are getting a glimpse of his deity. Preacher, what are you saying? God all of a sudden gave them not only a preview of his arrival, but now a preview of his appearance. What's the point? A lot of you got this idea that when you see that you, you hear Jesus, you think a babe in a manger. You think you think this humble, uh, uh, poor and lowly and meek man who's walking in sandals up and down the Jerusalem dusty streets. But let me tell you, that's not the Jesus of today. He's not the Jesus that's in a manger. He's not the Jesus that's walking on the Sea of Galilee. He's not the Jesus that's hanging on a cross. Take all those statues down. Take all those pictures down because he's no longer on a cross. He's the Jesus who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's the Jesus that's sitting at the right hand of the Father in power and glory. John saw this Jesus. In Revelation chapter number one, John saw this Jesus. He said, and I turned to see a voice, verse 12, that spake with me and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the son of man. This is Jesus clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paths with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Now watch this. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Preacher, what are you saying? Let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me let me continue. Matthew 24, 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great. Luke 21, woo, Luke 21, 27. Then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and. The word glory in the Old Testament is the word kabod. And the word kabod means a heavy weight of splendor. Say that with me, a heavy weight of. Splendor, the definition of splendor is great brightness, brilliant luster as the splendor of the sun, brilliance, eminence as the splendor of a victory, a heavy sum of beauty and splendor, brightness and glory. Somebody say amen. Now watch what John, John and Peter later write about this. The same situation. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. They're talking about Jesus. All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word was made flesh and dwelled among us. And watch this. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about the transfiguration. He said the word was made flesh. We walk with him and talk with him and fellowship with him. But one day, one day on a mountain far away, we beheld his glory. We got to see his glory. Yes, I hope you are getting this. Second Peter 1.16, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables 
when we made known unto you the power in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were eyewitnesses, watch this, what's the word he uses? Eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when, when we were with him in the holy mount. Wow. You know what they're saying? We saw it. We saw his glory. Preacher, what are you saying? What I'm trying to tell you is when he comes the second time, it's not going to be anywhere close to the first time. When he came the first time, he came humbly. He made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Are y'all with me? When he came the first time, there was nothing attractive about him. When he came the first time, he was humbly and lowly. When they came the first time, he foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. He didn't own a thing. But when he comes a second time, he's not coming as a lamb. He's coming as a lion. He's not coming as a servant. He's coming as a king. Preacher, what are they seeing? They're seeing just a little preview of his appearance. The glorified Christ. They're going to see him as what he really is. God's son. Glorious and majestic and mighty and powerful. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's worthy of our praise. Somebody say amen. I like this one too. Number three, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Some of y'all can't handle this. This is good. I'm telling you, this is just good. I want you to write this down. We see a preview of his accompaniment. There's somebody accompanying him. A preview of his accompaniment. That might not be good English, but you get it. Tiff, you can correct me later on that word. Who's sitting with him? Moses and Elijah. Now, now, if we want to, if we want to, uh, if we want to just get, you know, real theological here, we know Moses and Elijah represents the law and the prophets, right? Uh, Moses is a, when they when they talk about the books of Moses, they talk about the Pentateuch, the the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. Are y'all with me? And, and, and so we have, we have the books of Moses and then we have all the prophets. Moses represents the, the books of Moses, the, 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 the first five books of the Bible, and then the prophets represent all the rest. Are y'all with me? Amen. So they represent the scriptures. What did Jesus say? If you'll go back and look at Moses and the prophets, they speak of me. Search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. What did he do? What did Jesus do when he was walking with a couple on the road to Emmaus? He started with Moses and the prophets. To reveal himself to them and show what had to come. Are y'all with me? Amen. But I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. This, listen, Elijah and Moses was a testimony that he was the Messiah. Are y'all with me? Yeah. But this is the way I want to apply this. This is the way I want to apply this. 
if we stick, if we stick to the context that this is a preview, right? And that's what, that's what the last two verses of chapter 16 is showing, that this is a preview of what's to come, right? Uh, that, that the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father. Some of y'all are not going to die until you see it. So He's saying, you're going to get a preview. Right now, we're in the picture of the transfiguration. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So when He comes back, when He comes back to step foot on the Mount of Olives, to walk across the Kidron Valley and go through the Eastern Gate and sit on the throne of the world, He's going to have somebody with him. Yeah. Watch this. Let's see who it is. 1 Thessalonians 3.13. 1 Thessalonians 3.13. Look at your notes. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. Even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. Now you that don't believe in the rapture. He's coming with His saints. Alright? We have to already be with Him when He comes. Now watch. Jude 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Now watch this, Revelation 19. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. We can identify him by John chapter number 1. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. That's only only person that could be is Jesus. So this is Jesus right here. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And it says, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you, that is the saints. We're going to be given linen, fine and clean. We're going to get white horses. Say amen. Now, now listen. Why Moses and why Elijah? Okay? Now, this is a preview of those who's going to be with Jesus when he returns. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, what kind of saints? What kind of saints are going to be with Jesus? There's going to be some resurrected saints. You see, Moses died. Y'all with me? Moses died. And see, he's going to be resurrected. He's going to be resurrected. He's going to have a brand new body. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to be changed. This incorruptible, or excuse me, this corruption shall put on incorruption. This mortal shall put on immortality. Are y'all with me? We're going to have a brand new glorified body. 
The Bible says in 1 John, brother, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but when we see him, we're going to be like him. We're going to have a brand new glorified body. So who's going to be with Jesus when he returns? Who's going to accompany the Lord at his return? We know it's going to be saints, but what kind of saints? It's going to be some resurrected saints. It's going to be saints that have the ability to ride a white horse. Can't ride a white horse in the spirit. You got to have a body. Say amen. Now, watch this. What other kind of saints? Well, the only person there, only other person there is who? You know what? There's something very interesting about Elijah. Elijah never died. Elijah, watch this now. Elijah was caught up. He, woo, say man. He never, he never went down to the grave. He was just caught up to heaven. He was caught up alive. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying Moses represents the resurrected saints. And Elijah represents the raptured saints. You know, some of us are going to go by way of the grave, unfortunately. It is appointed unto man once to die and after this to judgment. If the Lord tarries his coming, the older we get, the closer we're going to be to that, that, that end. But have no fear. Have no fear. Whether you're alive or whether you go by way of death, we're going to come back at the same time. Yes. We're going to accompany our Lord. We're going to come and rule and reign with him. There's so much more to this. Brother Sam, there's just so much more to this, but... But because of time, all I can tell you this morning is the best is yet to come. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care what it seems like. You can turn on the TV and it seems like Christians are a sad lot. The evil is compounding I mean, just, just ultimately compounding. I cannot, I, I, I never dreamed in a million years, even though I've preached it and I've taught it, that perilous times shall come and it's going to get bad, it's going to get worse. But man, what's happening today? Man, it's discouraging. It's, it's disheartening. I'm seeing people who I never dreamed would walk away that would miss church and never miss it. Who profess commitment and dedication and now you can't even find them. I never, that's discouraging. When you think you're making headway and it just seems like you take two steps forward and, and get knocked back three. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But when you get discouraged, I want you to flip over to Matthew 17 and watch the preview again. When the movie you're presently watching gets to be too discouraging to bear 
In other words, the reality you are presently in. Just flip back over there to Matthew. It may be bad now. But the best is yet to come. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise and glory. This experience had a dramatic effect on Peter, James, and John. Now, we didn't get to see what James wrote about it because he died so early. He died so early. I mean, he was the first one to go. So we really didn't get to see. But he had the courage to lay his life down for Christ. Are y'all with me? And Peter wrote about it. John wrote about it. Said, we saw it. We saw it. Ladies and gentlemen, one day we're going to get to see it. I, I, I hear people talk about the old man upstairs or the man or it just they don't understand. Let me let me lay it this way because I got like four minutes left. And I'm gonna use every one of them. John, John was the closest to Jesus out of all of the disciples. Y'all with me? To the point that he would just lay his head close to Jesus' heart just to hear his heart beat. He was close. He was, he was, I mean, there was probably nobody. He was, I tell you what, I tell you what, when Jesus was down on the cross, he entrusted his own mama. This is Jesus. Jesus trusted his mom. Now, you know he's somebody if you trust your mama with him. He said, John, now you take care of her. He said to his mama, now this is your son. He said to John, now this is your mama. You take care of her. I got to, I'm going to be gone. You take care of her. He gave John. That's how much he thought of John, and that's how close John was to him. Amen. I'm going somewhere. Can, can, so can everybody see that? Everybody in the house, can y'all see how close in the relationship between John and Jesus? But the Bible says, when John saw Jesus in his glorified form, In Revelation chapter 1, he fell at his feet as dead. It was such an awe-inspiring scene. A reverent, just a reverent spirit. He saw him as God. They were buddies. They were friends. They were close. They were tight. But when he saw him in his glory, he couldn't do nothing but fall on his face in reverent honor of who he was. Listen, I don't want nobody in here to get the wrong idea of Jesus. He's not your your pen pal. He's not the man upstairs. He's God. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And we should reverence him in that manner. Because one day, every knee shall bow. I said, every knee shall bow. 
And every tongue shall confess Jesus as Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Right. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. 